Hello, I'm Somi Aryan. I'm a tech philosopher, author, filmmaker, and the founder of Fempeak. On this podcast, I speak to some of the most brilliant minds of our time to help us navigate emerging technologies leading to a socioeconomic singularity. Our guest on today's podcast is Alison Doni, one of the co-founders of Meta Angels, an NFT membership community harnessing the metaverse to unlock real-life opportunities. Meta Angels is founded on the values of generosity, transparency, and accessibility. They have a great business model, and I think you will really enjoy learning about it. So without further ado, let's dive right into the conversation. Before we start, let me tell you a few words about our sponsor for today's show. Meta Brew Society, founded by Holger Manweller, is the first project that builds a utility bridge between NFTs and the metaverse and a legacy industry. Every Meta Brew Society NFT grants its holder unseen IRL utility of up to 300 cans of free craft beer per year in perpetuity, voting rights on the business decisions and access to exclusive brewing classes and beer tastings. Uh, so, Alison, thanks for uh, being here. Uh, I listened to your podcast uh, with um, interview with Carly uh, on Overpriced JPEG, which is a great show. And um, it was really interesting. And, and over there, you had all, all of your um, your colleagues. Was it two of you or I can't remember or if it was? Two? It was Alex and myself. Yes. Okay. Uh, but it's three of you, right? Doing this. Uh, so, um, so Alexander Kavalakis uh, and I get started with Meta Angel. She's the CEO. Um, and then uh, Gabrielle Sabrian is our CTO on the team Amazing. as well. Um, yeah. so, so do you want to tell us, uh, tell our uh, audience a little bit about it? So we have uh, um, an audience of around 60,000 people in our mailing list. And I've got also about 80,000 people on LinkedIn. And these are mostly people who are really not uh, Web3 native in any way. You know, they're, so I would say that about a thousand of them have created their wallets. You know, they're kind of starting out to get in more um, and uh, learning more about it. But the rest of them are very, very new to this. So there's like a really big, um, number of people coming into uh, the system. And uh, I, I, I just wonder, you know, I'm trying to get to know community leaders like yourself um, and kind of gauge as we bring in new people into the, into the space, how much um, capacity do we have to, because everybody coming in, they're going to learn, they're going to want to do their own thing, you know? So I want to make sure that I uh, direct people to the right places. So we are kind of like this transition um, you know, kind of platform for people coming into the space. Um, so yeah, so so tell me a little bit more about how long, when did you start? How long um, uh, you've been working on this, and and uh, what's your what's your goal? What's like where you are going with the business? Yeah. So, um, so we started working on Meta Angels in the fall, um, and really kicked off in earnest in December. Um, that was when Alex came on. That's when we found our artist Serana, but to take a, a bigger step back to that transition point and that inflection point that people are at right now, whether they're saying I'm, I'm going to get into web three or, or I'm going to wait, um, you know, it's very similar to where we were with the, you know, web one and 
signing up for AOL and getting an account set up there or web two, where, you know, you start posting on Facebook and start engaging there. It's not something that has to happen yesterday. Um, you know, what we're seeing right now in the space is the people who are early adopters in all of the aspects of their life. Um, people who do like testing and trying new types of technology. And one of the things that was really exciting for me with, um, with Meta Angels and being able to come into the NFT space is that I've been building a company in Web2 for 10 years, as has Alex. And then uh, Gabe, our CTO as well, uh, is a serial entrepreneur too. And what feels most exciting and invigorating about it right now is having that opportunity to come in at the ground floor and really shape the direction that things are going uh, rather than just following along in that direction too. So for me with NFTs, I had my um, I had my light bulb moment when I came to understand that the way that NFTs are being used right now, and it's very rudimentary, like we are just at the, the tip, tippy tip earliest stages, uh, is that they're a hybrid of a brand, like personal brand in the way that you choose to wear a Supreme sweatshirt, or you wear a Gap t-shirt, or you wear Nike, or you wear, you know, whatever, whatever that brand is that you personally associate with. Um, and, uh, and also a membership community. So NFTs, because of the way that they're structured, can, can act as a key card or a membership card into different web-based communities. Uh, and when I saw the intersection of those two things, um, you know, building a brand, personal brand and membership community, you know, those are the things I've built before in my career um, and uh, and just felt like such a great entry point to start to learn more about the space and tap the potential for this technology that we're looking at that really is still only being used in the most basic ways, but has so much potential underlying it. Yeah, absolutely. This is this is um, really fascinating because when you are in the metaverse and when, when you are, you know, going to be mostly in the digital environment, then it does really matter what communities you belong to uh, in a similar way that you know people go out and wear different brands and and that's a way of um you know uh expressing themselves and sometimes these can be the uh, the look of them can be similar but a slight difference in the originality i remember once i went to a, a party uh at marie claire's um you know like it was a marie claire event and um there was a lady that I was talking to and she was wearing a dress that looked very, very similar to something I had seen on Karen Millen. And I said, um, oh, nice dress. Is this a Karen Millen? And she said she was so upset and she was like really offended. And she said, no, it's Alexander McQueen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I was like, oh, OK, I'm sorry. <laughs> Clearly your personal brand affinity is yeah, very strong. Like- yeah, and um, and it was like the difference was like maybe between 150 pounds versus maybe uh, like 7,000 pounds or something like that. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> quite a big difference. So it's a little bit similar to like I just managed to mint a moonbird and I'm like, you know, like. Congratulations. I know, right? Like people keep, I actually, I did a TED talk uh, last week. I, I gave a TED talk. And I talked about, it was about decentralization, my TED talk and, and Web3. 
And uh, I showed my uh, Moonbird and I was like, you know, I, I minted this like a week ago and now like it's gone from seven and a half thousand dollars to like over a hundred thousand dollars. And I was trying to explain to people the reason why these things are happening is because we are so early and you're, we are taking risk. You know, we are taking risk helping these um, community leaders build these uh, brands. And, and because, because of that, you're getting rewarded. I don't know whether in the future. In some be... cases. <laughs> in some cases. <laughs> like Moonbird, I mean, Moonbirds is really, um, yeah, I don't even, I don't even know where to begin uh, in, in that trajectory and, and thinking about how that has unfolded. Um, yeah, tell me it, about it. I'd love to hear it, your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I think it is incredible. And I'm so happy for my friends who own um, a piece of that because of the value of it. I worry about the people who are on the other side of the trade when, um, when people are selling off at those really high values. Like this is the most volatile market I've ever seen. Um, sometimes for people looking in from the outside, it seems like everything is going upward. Um, and you know, there's success bias in the space that the stories that you hear and the stories that are shared out on Twitter and elsewhere are about the people who had those extraordinary points of success. Um, and it can give a sense of, um, of, you know, it, I guess comfort, or like a false sense of comfort to people who are thinking about coming in from the outside and think, okay, well, if I put $5,000 worth of my money into this, um, it is going to go directionally upward. It's not going to go immediately to zero. And immediately to zero is the way a fair amount of this space does in fact go. So there's, there's an irrational exuberance that's happening right now in the market. Um, and it's going to force a reckoning. Um, you know, we're looking at a market where there are not a ton of fundamentals, um, or frankly, in, in most cases, there are no fundamentals that we're looking at a pure quantitative play across the board. Uh, it, we have this conversation a lot with people who are part of our community or watching our community about how, you know, with Meta Angels, it's not an asset. It's not an asset class. It's a membership. Um, and the people who are coming in treating it as a speculative asset in the way that they would enter the commodities market or they would um, they would be buying stock or they'd be buying something else that they're treating as an investment or a short term flip. Um, it just it's destabilizing the space in many ways and gives me some fear about where we're going directionally when there, when there are those expectations that are misaligned with what actually can be delivered from a company building standpoint. No, totally, I agree with you. I was actually reading some of the messages on Discord um, with Meta Angels talking about floor and things like that. It's like, why is every NFT project all about the floor? You know, like that's not that's not supposed to be how how it is. Um, you know, honestly, like with Moonbirds, I never look at the pr uh, floor price, uh, um, and it's only in the Discord that I see people are like, "Oh, we're back to close," you know, to being this or or why are yeah. we below this? And for me, it was access to that community. I want to have Kevin on my podcast. I want to, you know, build relationships uh, with people in this space because I've already made some incredible, uh, you know, 
professional networking um, opportunities within the Moonbirds community. I've just onboarded, yeah. onboarded two people, two new people to our platform to, uh, to be educators, one in DeFi and one in DAOs, um, both from uh, the Moonbird community. I would have never met them or maybe it would have taken me much longer, you know, uh, like if I met them in a conference or something, maybe I wouldn't have made the same connection. But because yeah. we are both moonbirds or, or, you know, all three of us, you know, then uh, it just created that possibility for me to, I was like, oh, you work in DAOs or what, you know, can you come in and teach about DAOs, you know, on our platform and, and the other one about DeFi. So that's what really- and I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's about. Yep. And, and that's why I joined Meta Angels. I just joined also- um, I got two bear hugs from the hug community. You know, I want to have Randy on my uh, podcast. I want, I'm building these relationships because we are building this platform. You know, we've got um, new people coming into the ecosystem and I want to introduce them to the best of the this community. You know, to the I want to show them the best of Web3, uh, you know, the yeah. most, the most um, uh, trustworthy, you know, the, the best people. So I go out and I spend the money to um, buy into these communities, get to know people. And, and only when I trust, then I come back and tell my community, here are the projects that I bought. Here are the ones that I trust. And again, it's never financial advice. It's just like telling them, I want to tell them from firsthand experience. Like I can't speak for something that like, for example, I don't own an Azuki, so I can't talk about it, you know, uh, like, but it's only when I buy into these communities and go in and get to know people. So Moonbirds is a very interesting one. And like you say, it's um, a bit of an anomaly uh, in the way that it, it grew. Um, I was looking at the chart, like the way that BAYC grew within the first week or so. Uh, and then uh, it was another one about Azuki. So kind of BAYC was kind of like this. And then Azuki was a bit like that. And then and then um, Moonbirds was like this in the first week. And it's very interesting. I think there's a few things to think about there. You know, I'm a tech philosopher. I study the impact of technology on society uh, and, and macroeconomy. And this is really the trend towards the singularity. You know, what we, what we see like this sped up, um, you know, adoption of technology. And I think that, we are going to see more moonbirds. We are going to see more of these, but but at the same time, we are going to see many, many more crashed, you know, um, projects. So I think there are going to be more anomalies, but but they are not. But there will be fewer, maybe you know. But but like this whole thing of, I think we are going to see for the first time in this in this um, uh, decade, we are going to see one single human being being worth a trillion dollars you know like elon musk is already on his way there you know so like things are getting more i guess what i'm trying to say everything is getting a lot more radical like you know like maybe a lot more maybe radical is not steep you know like everything is going so fast moving so fast but at the same time what i was talking about in my ted talk and i would love to hear your thoughts on that was that at the same time every imperfection that we have in society is going to be magnified you know like like if we have um the gap between haves and have nots the lack of diversity all of those things are going to be magnified yeah because if you are not fast enough to get in like imagine like 
for those of us who didn't get into, I don't know about you, but I didn't get into, for example, BAYC, right? So that's like an opportunity lost forever, you know, because it's just getting completely out of reach um, or, or punks or, you know, things like this. And uh, so it's getting, yeah. it's, it's basically, and then that is creating a whole new class of human beings that can hang out together in closed metaverses that are in their own bubble in a way, you know, and um, and everybody else is kind of locked out of that space. So yeah. you, I know that as part of your work with MetaAngels, you're helping a lot of projects. What do you see uh, about this potential impact on the imperfections of society getting? Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Um, well, first I want to say I love that um, that you oriented Moonbirds around the value that you're getting from the community um, and that it is about the people that you're able to make those connections with and those relationships with. It's like, it. that's why we created Meta Angels. You know, we wanted to give people a place where they could make deep and meaningful connections with others who could actually have impact on their regular everyday life. Um, you know, the, the foundations of it are, are based on the fact that both Alex and I were enormously lucky across our career and continue to be to be access to be part of these networks like Techstars and Y Combinator and Columbia Business School alumni and Yale alumni for Alex um, that we are able to leverage to open doors, meet people, um, get advice. You know, we have, we have networks that we can turn to it for anything that we need that can answer those questions that we have, help us get entry to conversations that we, that we want to be having. Um, but most people don't have that. So when we were looking at web three and tokenization and thinking about, you know, what, what can be tokenized, started to explore whether access and opportunity and, and those more abstract concepts could be tokenized in the same way that access to a college textbook might be, um, or a timeshare might be tokenized. And we're seeing a lot of those real world uses of tokenization right now. But, you know, are there ways that we can make those networks of support broader, more global, larger uh, than they have been historically? Um, and then your point as well about, you know, missing the boat on BAYC, which I did as well, CryptoPunk. I mean, I missed the boat on Moonbirds because I didn't win a raffle um, and I was not buying in at ETH um, after the raffle. Um, you know, that's another one of the major downsides of this space right now, that the communities that provide the most value and the communities that can deliver the most to people wind up being exclusive to either the people who were just in there so early and, and the personal brand is then, if you know, you know. Um, or the other side of that brand is extremely wealthy um, for, for people who are buying into BAYC now, um, as opposed to the people who came in and minted it. So with Meta Angels, we, we were the first to do this. And that's also just exemplifies how early we are in this space that, that this hadn't been thought of or executed before. Um, but we were the first to build on-chain lending technology into our smart contract. So if you own a Meta Angel, or if you own multiple meta angels, 
and you want a teacher in Ghana to be able to be part of that community, you can loan your Meta Angel to that teacher teacher in Ghana um, or that mentee that you have been working with um, where you live or um, a teenager who is interested in learning more. You can lend your membership access uh, so more people can come into the community. And when the value of the community is, is the contributors who are coming in and, and playing an active role, you know, we're able in that lending to increase the value for the community overall, because um, it's it's uh, the only the value that's in the community is not just about the people who are coming in with elite points of view. It's people who are able to contribute on so many different levels from so many different directions. Um, we had someone post over the weekend that uh, that they were looking to connect with someone at UNICEF um, because they wanted to um, they wanted to uh, talk about their art and the impact of their project. And there was someone from UNICEF in our Discord who jumped in and said, you know, I don't work in this area of UNICEF, but I can I can learn more about your project and figure out if I can, can connect you with the right people. So you know, it, it's it's not it, it's someone who works at UNICEF. It's not somebody who is um, working for Jimmy Fallon or, or in this very high level elite job, uh, but it's someone who can open a door for someone else within the community. And there's just so much value in that. Yeah, I think we sometimes underestimate how strong uh, the value of connections can be. You know, I, um, I'm i an immigrant. I came to the UK in 2005 by myself. I have no family here in the UK. Uh, with one suitcase, you know, and before coming here, I actually worked for United Nations. I lived in, um, I, I was born and brought up in Tehran and I worked for United Nations and European embassies when I was in Iran. I taught myself English, you know, I had, I came from a very underprivileged background. And um, when I came here, I didn't know anybody, anybody, absolutely. You know, I had, I was 23 yeah. old already. And um, so I, I, I didn't go to school here. You know, how do, how do you meet people? You meet people through college, through school, you know, all that sort of stuff. Even though I went to university here, I was doing um, a master's and MPhil, so I didn't have any classmates. So, um, so the value of the connections that you make is so incredible. So many years later, when I started my business, so, so far I've raised $1 million by myself, you know, just from my connections from LinkedIn and, and, you know, the people yeah. that I've met, you know, all of my friends have invested, even, you know, even my, like my GP, my dentist and my lawyer, you know, like house lawyer, you know, everybody invested in the business because you make those connections. Now that we are going to be living majority of our time on, uh, you know, uh, online, it, it's, I think it's really hard to make those connections in a web two environment in the or uh, in the original kind of form of social media. It's very hard to make the kind of connections that we are making in web three communities because the web three communities is a little bit more similar to early days of forums. If you remember, you know, when forums were there, I remember when I first came to the UK, I was so alone. I was uh, studying in St. Andrews University in Scotland um, and it was cold. I didn't have many friends. And that was the days when forums were big, you know, like 2006, 2005. 
And I made friends on forums that like that really helped me going, you know, through that difficult time. And, and Web3 communities are like that now. The only difference is that you now have to pay, you know, buy, you know, a, a um, you know, an NFT to get in or, or you know, various forms of, uh, of ways to get in. I really love this idea of being able to lend your NFTs. I um, Now that I know that, I'm thinking about buying a number of your NFTs and lending it to some of our members so that they can come into your network and, um, you know, and, and actually, uh, for example, one of our members uh, recently, she was trying to pay for her membership and she had difficulty uh, sending money, you know, pay, like because she lives in Iran. Uh, I didn't know at first and I originally come from Iran, right? So she was like, um, can I send uh, crypto because I can't send, uh, you know, I can't pay. And then when I looked at her surname, I realized she's probably from Iran. So I told her, look, um, I'm just going to give you a free membership. Don't worry about it. Um, and uh I think there are people who have difficulty from Africa from, you know, we get so many people who are like, come to, uh, you know, if people message me, hey, I'm from, you know, like um, Ghana, for example, and, and I don't yeah. have, I can't pay the membership. I usually just give them a code. I'm like, just, just join. But I can see this opportunity to maybe, you know, buying a number of your NFTs and just lending them out. I can see these types of opportunities. This is something, it's just right, like you just really, stimulated something in my mind and I'm like I need to do this more and just go out and find these opportunities and then give them to you know to our members um this is such a beautiful opportunity that we didn't uh, have before. thank you we um you know in that you know to the point I was making about how early we are in web3 it I sent a message to Ben Yu, who is one of the co-founders of Curious Addies, and I said, hey, like, I've got this idea. Is it possible to lend a token on chain and be able to recall ownership of that token on chain in, in the future? So if there is appreciation and value, you're able to capture it, um, but you're able to grant those benefits to someone else in the meantime. And he started thinking about it. He said, I don't think anyone's done it, but let me think about how you could do it. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, I had kind of pieced together these ideas for, for what that first iteration of that code could look like. Mm -hmm. um, and we've open sourced the technology. Like, anyone is welcome to use it. We encourage any other projects to use it. Um, but if, if that, that didn't exist in November and now it exists and now it's something that other people can use. So just think about all of the possibilities of things that can exist that could be far more complicated than, than what we, um, what we implemented with the lending technology. And that's one of the things is well that's so exciting right now about where we are in web three that you know it, it is like those early days of the forums where it's relatively intimate that it's um it's a small group of people who are like-minded and innovative and um kind of thinking big about the possibilities there are so many big possibilities i give um, I have what I call the wheel spiel uh, that I talk about all the time, where I feel like with NFT technology right now, we are, we are looking at the invention of the wheel, that it doesn't even have spokes yet. Um, you know, the original wheel was a pottery wheel, and eventually it got turned on its side and used to move things around. Uh, and that's, that's where I feel we are, that I'm still looking at this thing that's being spun in circles to make pots, and I can envision the wagon. I can't yet imagine 
those higher order uses, like having notches carved into it. So it can be turned into a gear that interacts with other gears that pulls down energy from a wind turbine. But I've got conviction that those higher order uses are there. Um, and that's one of the things that's, that's just so exciting right now. Absolutely. So Alison, where do you think you're gonna you're going like where will you be in about five years look i know that this this space is moving so fast that's very hard to tell where everything will be in five years but what's your vision where are you going yeah so you know with many angels we want to continue to drive value as a membership community of making connections with people um that could be spun off into multiple um multiple micro community and by micro, I mean like where we are right now, where it's roughly 4,000, 5,000 individual people, um, spinning that off. So we've got uh, replication of that. So there is still that sense of intimacy. So people are able to make those deep and meaningful connections. Um, but one of the things that, um, that, you know, I am spending a lot of my time thinking about and looking at in the space is what the other innovations are that are coming in and how those learnings can be incorporated into what we're doing uh, and incorporated into what's next. So for um, for us right now, we, we had talked about this a little bit offline, but we just launched Angel Labs, which is a Web3 accelerator that is today focused on companies that are NFT enabled. Um, but they're companies, uh, they're not projects uh, that are leveraging NFT technology to help them get to that next level. Um, and you know, we've talked to 300 companies uh, over the last four weeks, I think, between opening applications and today. Um, I think there were our, our team on the Angel App side did 225 individual interviews as well as reviewing all of these applications. And we're just seeing so many really interesting uses of this technology and ways of unlocking it. Um, so for me, I, I'm just watching um, to see what's emerging from this space, uh, thinking about, you know, what are the, what are the consumer package goods plays? What are the loyalty programs? Um, how can NFTs be used for more social good? How can NFTs be used for environmental impact? Um, so many uses and, and applications and opportunities that, um, that I, I can't even wrap my head around yet where we're going to be in five years. Um, I, I feel like I have a sense of where we're going five months from now, but uh, the space just iterates so quickly and changes so often that um, it's just so hard to predict. I, I feel like, you know, pretty much everybody I speak to these days, they can't see beyond a few months. Um, because it's so moving so fast. But when I speak to people who are in traditional, um, you know, uh, uh, finance or, or uh, you know, Web2, they are usually saying, oh, it's like too soon. And, you know, like, it, like you know, too soon. And, and like, it's not yet uh, brewing, you know, the, the whole thing is not ready, you know, so they're not coming in because they think it's too soon. And we are constantly thinking it's too late. <laughs> you know? And I posted <laughs> right? this on my LinkedIn the other day. I said that the moment that you get into crypto and, and Web3, the first thing that you think to yourself is, why am I so late? Why did I not see this sooner? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. No matter, I was like, no matter how early you are, you always think you're late, unless you are Satoshi himself. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, and I, I saw someone tweet about how if you look at NFTs and NFT adoption across the world and you round up, it's still 0% of the world. So rounding yeah. up or at 0%. Yeah, it's um, 1 million. I believe it's like around the world, 300 million people have crypto wallets and only 1 million have NFTs. So that's yeah. like less than, like not even 1%, not yeah. even half a percent. Yeah, it's yeah. very small. Absolutely. Um, and, and when I think about like, where we need to go to get that broader adoption, we're at a little bit of a chicken and egg inflection point that um, you know, we're, we're not going to see widespread adoption of NFTs until they feel more intuitive um, and the friction is reduced. Um, but until we have more people, we're not going to have a really clear sense of what people are looking for that I, you know, like I grew up on the bread and butter of web two of listening to your customer and paying attention to what your user wants and iterating and making changes based on that. We just don't have a broad enough user base right now to have a clear enough sense into that. Um, I, I analogize often that we are looking right now with NFTs at what we were seeing in the very earliest days of personal computers, where in order to do something on a personal computer, you took a disc out of an envelope, you put the disc in your computer, you like flipped a little switch, you turn on your computer, and then you got this prompt where you typed in, you know, C colon backslash setup dot exe. Um, and that's what got things moving and rolling for you. And that's where we are with NFTs. And now today like, I pick up my phone. I don't even have to touch anything. I just swipe. It looks at my face. It, it knows it's me. Uh, and then I, like, it doesn't feel like I'm interacting with a computer when I'm doing that, but we are. Uh, so what are those, um, what are those integrations of NFTs that are going to feel that frictionless and that intuitive um, in the way that we're using, um, in the way that we're using phones right now? Like, I think we're going to be looking five years from now backward and thinking, I can't believe we use paper passports as long as we did. Mm -hmm. um, that's like, when you think about what could be tokenized and what could be turned into something that is really, um, really much better suited for the blockchain than it is for you know, the legacy quote technology that we're using, um, things like identification, things like uh, proof of where you have been and where you want to go. Uh, those are all things that make so much sense in the blockchain. Um, but Right now, there is just so much friction to that actual usage. There's a lot of jargon getting terminology. Um, there are 80,000 steps to do something on chain that to the average person, if you think, okay, well, I have to set up a custodial wallet and that, then I have to get money from from my bank account into that custodial wallet and then I need to transfer it into the currency that I actually need to use. And then I need to move that into a wallet that I can use to interact. It's just, there's so many steps. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's holding back. Um, it's, it's holding back the people that we need in order to figure out what the direction is for the technology. And there is no customer service. There's nobody to help. Oh, like no, you are on no. your own, right? You're yes. like, you know, that is I the got downside of decentralization. Yeah, I got scammed during my um, minting of uh, of my um, uh, my bird, my moon bird. I actually basically got that bird for five ETH because I, I lost two and a half ETH to uh, clicking on the wrong link. And, and it was so quick 
it looked exactly the same as their original website, you know, and it it, it just had a tiny bit of a difference. So um, I uh, made that mistake and I clicked on and and like it just took my money so quickly. There wasn't even there wasn't even like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you know, when you are on your bank, when you want to set up a new payment, it asks you so many questions. Are you sure this is not a fraud? fraud? You know, like, like <laughs> right? has somebody emailed you? Like, I wish that there was that kind of interface that that would just ask you, you know, or like there was like some kind. I was like I was thinking about Moonbirds, you know, uh, that they obviously they raised a lot of money through this. I would have loved it if there was like more customer service that day, you know, like yeah. that, that like there was nothing like you were on your own. And then you are under this pressure of doing this in three hours, you know, and oh, my God, like I, I made a YouTube video about it because it was yeah. so stressful. One and it doesn't have to be three hours. It doesn't like, have to be, right? It, and like we ran our men over 48 because we didn't want people to have that sense of panic. We didn't want people to have to wake up in the middle of the night if they were in yeah. a different time zone. We wanted to be able to be there and say, okay, we're here to hold your hand through it if you're having trouble. Like you've got 48 hours to do this. We had our, our Discord was manned around the clock helping people. Um, you know, we yes, I it doesn't, it does not have to be that really frenetic, fast, um, urgent. Yeah, I don't know why some projects do that. BFF was 36 hours, which was great because I, yeah. I was I had my uh, TED talk that day. Uh, you know, it was the dinner before the TED talk. And I was like, I just went and had my dinner, came back to the hotel, minted my NFT, went back to sleep. You know, like it wasn't frantic or anything like that. It was very yeah. smooth. So yeah. um, I sometimes I know it's a marketing thing, right? But it's like, just go, 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 go. But it was like really, really stressful. And I lost two and a half ETH, which, you know, was it's quite a lot of money. And and you're a sophisticated person who is going in and doing yes. that. So and imagine, like, yes, like, like, imagine yeah. that, right? Like it was it was so easy to make that mistake because the way that like there there were maybe 50 new uh you know uh, twitter accounts that were created that looked exactly the same that they were everybody was posting, everybody was tagging. It was just uh, and and then at first I went to the wrong, right uh, website and it wouldn't go through even though I put my gas fee up it wouldn't go through so it was I was yeah. waiting forever and then I went to Twitter and I saw that people had posted um look it's not going through should we wait and and I just canceled that and then when I went back again I just made this mistake so it was like yeah re- really difficult so well and if we're if we're able to help shift some of this focus away from the FOMO and away from the floor talk and and we can have people focused on where the opportunities are for innovation rather than like picking apart the projects that are already there one of the things that feels very missing in the space right now is an escrow wallet where you purchase from an escrow wallet you know you're able to see okay this was verified by this contract that I trust on this end and my money is in this wallet, but my money is not getting sent to that contract until I have verification that it's going the right place. Like there are so many little things that we're just we're just too early to see right now, and there's so much focus on these on these elements that are are not mission critical, that they're not really advancing the space, and they're not helping us move forward. And I would love to free up some of those really great minds to be able to focus on those things. Yeah, there's there's so much focus on. Um you know, um, speculation, short-term speculation, um, all that stuff, which is not helpful. So um, now that I have you here, 
I'm going to uh, take this time to ask you for your uh, input and, you know, like use this as a, a, a mentorship opportunity because you've worked with so many Web3 companies. So I want to ask you, like, I want to explain what we are doing and ask you for your opinion on maybe how I can optimize what I'm doing. So essentially what I'm building here is a platform which is kind of like a new form of university. You know, the idea is to um, close the gap between formal education and, um, you know, uh, so like, yeah, but to close the gap between um, formal education and the speed of technological advancement, because technology is moving so fast. For example, I was speaking to a lady who said she was, she was, uh, just got accepted to do a PhD in decentralized finance. I was like, what's the point of doing a PhD in decentralized finance? It's going to take you four years to do that. De like DeFi will have moved on. There will be something else. Yeah. So, so the platform, what we are doing is um, we bring in live, you know, it's all live mentorship and then it, it gets recorded and then the recordings get edited as, you know, within a few days, they are all edited. They, we put in all the links and then goes into our, our uh, on-demand section and as we move on, and as the uh, industries change, we can easily remove segments and put in, you know, replace them so that it's constantly like a puzzle piece. It's constantly like a live university that's constantly mm -hmm. up to date. And no matter when you go in, and this is in some ways kind of a response to things like, say, for example, a masterclass or, you know, things like that, which is like it's recorded and then it stays there. And after a while, it becomes outdated, the content. That's why it's, so it's not like re uh, recorded courses, but it's live recordings. Every week we have several sessions. Uh, you know, right now I'm doing uh, bringing on board educators to teach about NFTs, about DeFi, about DAOs, you know, uh, about conversational AI. So like not just Web3, but like the bigger picture, everything that is technologically dependent, that's going, going to constantly change. Um, so, so that there's a membership for that. And then uh, we are encouraging companies to come in and buy that membership for their staff as like their lifelong learning, you know, and, and uh, staying up to date because so many companies now coming into the space, they want to learn about NFTs and, and Web3 and, you know, DeFi, all of these things because it's changing yeah. everything. So that's what I'm building. And um, we, uh, we are a team of about 12 people now. Um, and then uh, we've created our own NFTs, which all created in-house and it's based on a picture of me when I was in a band. And the idea of that is that the first iteration of it is all women and then the second one is going to be called allies and there we are going to be um you know uh, uh kind of pairing those women with you know men and and people of other backgrounds you know like other um lgbt all sorts of kind of backgrounds so that yeah. they, uh, they have like these allies so this is kind of the concept and the, the nft project is separate from the business the nft project is more of a a community that want to support what we are building and and they will also get you know um access to certain things that are on the platform or you know like um various perks as we build this this um so i'd love to hear your thoughts on that model yeah i mean that's one of the things i think is like one of the fascinating use cases for nfts like educational 
opportunities and educational access that that like that should be the direction we should be moving in from a university standpoint um, and uh, increasing those layers and levels of access, um, especially because of those technology uh, enabled communities that you can build as part of that. Um, you know, I was I, one of the examples I've used is, you know, imagine if Duolingo came with a built in community where you can practice the languages that you're learning um, as well. So yeah, I see so much potential there and I have conversations with Web2 and legacy companies all the time about how they are helping their team members get up to speed on Web3 and De DeFi. Uh, so I can see, I see so much potential there. Um, you know, I'm curious as you're thinking about building out that programming, what, who the core audience is for it? Is it more on the corporate side? Is it individuals? Um, so it's, um, it, think about LinkedIn community. It's yeah. like the LinkedIn community, right? So they are, um, either they are professionals working in companies wanting to upskill themselves, or they are entrepreneurs who run small businesses and want to see how NFT, sorry, how Web3 and, you know, conversation yeah. AI, ID, all these new um, new kind of technologies will uh, impact them. So, so it's like generally a mature audience that are, you know, people who are like maybe over 30, 40, 50, you know, that are thinking about how do I adapt? So it's really focused on helping people adapt. It's not really for the, the platform as it is, it's not really designed for let's say gen z it's more designed for 30 and above um you know yeah. maybe even 40 50 you know and above because it's really for people who are not digital natives who want to understand how do i upskill myself how do i reskill myself how do i change my business model so so either you're an entrepreneur business small business holder or, or small business owner or you you work in a company, so that would be the, the B two B side. We've actually yeah. got Morgan Stanley as our first client, um, and that's uh, you know, but it's they're doing a a pilot program, um, so it's like a small scale, a hundred people from Morgan Stanley. Yeah, but that's amazing. Really wanna, Congratulations. Thank you. But I want to get more more people, and then also looking at creating po apps to give people po apps for. You know, and then like when you have a certain number of these pops, you know, for watching the programs or, or uh, you know, um, uh, attending the programs, then that's, that becomes your certification. So you can, yeah. so really just thinking about building, what I'm trying to build is like a new kind of university. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's great. That's good to hear. Um, so uh, as a final um, kind of, uh, you know, wrapping up, how do you think communities like what I'm building can be of service to Meta Angels? And you know, what can what can we do? What can other communities other, look our members hearing this? You know, how can we because we are there's like a bunch of us work, like you said, how how small this community still is, you know, that this, yeah. this space is it still is. So there are so many ways that we can support each other. And I would love to know, you know, there are, we have members who are, you know, very well off and there are people that are, you know, maybe just coming into the space, they want to learn, you know, so there, there are people that will listen to this. There are also people from corporations that will be listening to, to this. We have a high number of people from corporates listening. 
So uh, what, what's your message to them? What do you want them to know about Meta Angels? And how can our community or I help? Yeah, well, thank you so much. That's such a, a wonderful question. Um, so for us with Meta Angels, uh, you know, we are we are working on building the bridge between the metaverse and real life, where we are harnessing that technology and, and leveraging the relationships that are getting formed in the metaverse and Discord communities within NFT communities uh, to drive that real life impact and doing it in a way that's centered on values. So the core values for Meta Angels are generosity um, and, and having a give first mentality, like your question, what can we do to help you? Um, and uh, transparency, uh, you know, with um, with a lot of these DeFi Web3 communities, there is a lot of opacity around who people really are. Um, there are so many benefits to that for, for some subsets of people. Um, so not having names attached can be really helpful and freeing and powerful for people, but it still is important for us to know who people are. Uh, not necessarily their names, but what they have to contribute and, um, and having that transparency around their identity, if not their name, that enables those, those connections to be built on a stronger foundation. Um, and then finally, accessibility and uh, ensuring that the community remains open to the people who can benefit from it, even if they may not be able to afford it financially. Uh, so as we're thinking about those values and and um, and growing the community, people who hear those and, and it resonates for them, that's who we want to have be part of our community contributing. Uh, we have a, a central structure called the wishing well within Meta Angels, where people can post something that they need. And then other members of the community will scroll through and, and jump in and say, this is where I can help. Um, like that UNICEF suggestion uh, or a question that, uh, that we had gotten uh, with the person who replied with a suggestion of how to connect with the right people there. Uh, so really looking to make those meaningful connections uh, between people who are committed to helping and lifting other people up. So we'd love to have um, to have more people who are aligned joining the community, um, spreading the word, talking about the, um, the impact of that lending technology that we have um, and making connections uh, within there and within Meta Angels. And I'd love to turn the question back to you as well. Um, what can we be doing to help you? Oh, I really appreciate it. So before I answer that, can I ask you, so for people to join, the only way is to buy the NFTs. Is that the way that they get in? So, um, so there are sections of our discord that are open only to people who are holders or borrowers of a meta angel NFT, um, within our discord, there is a community, um, a, a community, a channel of people who are looking to borrow or looking to lend. Um, so if you're someone who, who wants to check out the community and, and see what things are like prior to buying, because it, you know, $600 NFT is outside uh, what you can what you can afford, um, then um, please come into that channel, uh, raise your hand. There are plenty of people within the community who are looking to make those connections and lend out their NFTs. Um, and then there are some other channels within the community that are, that are open and will remain always open to, to everyone. Uh, but the Wishing Well and, and Offers channel are just for holders. That's amazing. Okay, that's great to know. Um, yeah, so in terms of uh, us, you know, so now we have got this, um, the NFTs that we've created that we want to get 
um, out to as many people as possible to tell them about what we are doing. So if you you can think of the NFTs as like a Kickstarter campaign, you know, like yeah. I want to get people who buy into our um idea of what we are doing it, it doesn't matter if they don't need it right like what i mean like it does it doesn't matter if like if somebody is like oh i'm already very well versed uh, in uh, in web3 that's okay you can support what we are doing you know so the nfts are and um you know we are we're going to have a drop which is uh very very accessible like um a point oh two you know or sixty dollars you know but it's like a kickstarter campaign for us to get the word out about what we are trying to do yeah. and help us you know raise a small amount of fund that will you know that will help uh stimulate yeah. uh and um uh yeah so that's that's what we are doing so i need to uh go out and meet more people the problem is that like when we do outreach and talk to people when we say about um that what we are doing some people look at it and say oh but i'm already well versed in in web3 i'm like no that's not the point we are saying do you want to support what we are doing you know and, yeah. and it's, a, it's a growing community so you will benefit from it over time as this this community grows so yeah. um uh, so that's that's what i'm trying to kind of now get get the word out about uh, so that's why I was I was hoping to get onto your um, uh, program because I, I heard the model that you mentioned to uh, Carly. So I'm not sure if it's um, you know I'm guessing that yeah. that's late. Now. There will there will be another cohort. Um, I'm not sure yet what the timeline is for that. Um, the wheels are turning for me now, where I'm thinking about whether there are two different types of NFT within your ecosystem. One that is for the people who are looking to learn, and one is for people who are looking yeah. to share knowledge um and that might help but this is me thinking aloud yeah um and uh and again when you think about it as a personal brand um and what the brand is that people are putting forth are they putting forth that there's someone who wants to help onboard other people um or are they putting forth that they are um that they're onboarding themselves yeah so. Okay, yeah. awesome. Well, that you know, that's on your mind now, Lena. I'm following yeah. the community. If you come across any thoughts, you know, let me know. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, and and I will be following with interest what you're doing. Um, and uh, I'm gonna pick up a few more of your NFTs. Uh, I'm gonna have a closer look at uh, the ecosystem. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time. I really appreciate it. It was my and, pleasure. Thank you for yeah, having me. And I look forward to seeing you again and, and following you uh, on Discord and uh, on social media. All right. Thanks so much, thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, take care, bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Alison Downey. Be sure to check out their NFTs and their fantastic community. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to it on Apple, Spotify, or any other one of your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to give it a five-star rating and write a review. The full reviews are also available on my YouTube channel, The Somi Ariane Show.